Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camero here with episode 254 of the Tutor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. As always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, borrowed or stolen during the nearly 24 years now that I've been in business and from the tens of thousands of pounds I've invested in training and education and the countless hours of reading and research. And I want to do it in a no-nonsense, no-BS kind of way. So let's just crack on with today's show. Dealing with a not infrequent occurrence in my life as a tutor. Other people, other sources. You see, as a guitar teacher and certainly as a guitar learner, there's a hunger. It's a, what I would call a voracious search for knowledge, for insight. And that's wonderful, except when it's not. You see, we're always looking for more. Not necessarily looking for better, but we're looking for more. More information, more stuff to play, more riffs, more chords, more tunes, more songs. And this can lead to a few problems. Except they might not be problems. See, the... The students, let's let's refer to my guitar teacher, guitar learner, because I'll probably include myself in this. The problem is that we go out and look for stuff. Now, there's all sorts of stuff out there, all sorts of materials and ideas. There's my stuff, which is well proven, intellectually rigorous, and I've developed it for my students and for myself out of years of frustration. And then there's all the other stuff, which is different things. This range from the sort of narrow, straight-laced academic and the more random monkey-see, monkey-do teaching that seems to be common, especially where a teacher is new to teaching and hasn't really blossomed yet, or is a player just trying to scare up a little extra cash on the side to supplement their gig money. Other problems arise when a teacher of another instrument, say piano, is trying to teach guitar, whilst themselves just flat out lacking the basic understanding of guitar technique. Being able to play the piano doesn't qualify you to teach guitar. That's the reality of it. Just as me playing the guitar doesn't qualify me to teach saxophone or drums or keyboards, even though I have played and still do play those instruments. There's a technical shortage there, so... You can't teach what you don't know yourself. And if you're a piano player, you're not going to understand the guitar. So that becomes a problem. Of course, there are thousands of books out there. And usually there's just recycling, well-circulated ideas, frequently decorated with whoever is this year's guitar god or flavor of the month or musical icon. It's a sort of nonsense and hype that I actually debunked in my book, nine weird things guitarists do. Oddly, uh, a lot of books frequently contain errors. 
Not just the play guitar instantly type of book, but the supposedly official album songbooks and artist transcriptions. They also may contain errors. I remember when we had three music shops, my business partners and I, and I was flipping through this month's best-selling music books. There was a song in there that I was interested in. And it had chord box diagrams, which were just dead bang wrong. You know, being a conscientious retailer, I contacted the publisher and asked them to send us the errata page because I figured I really couldn't be the only person who'd noticed that. The publisher just basically batted me off and said, we don't do that. I was absolutely shocked. Here I am in the field trying to flag up an error in their merchandise, and they're saying, we don't, we just can't be asked. It's too expensive. They're selling defective crap with zero conscience. That really staggered me. Quite apart from the, the hard copy stuff from the books and other people, live teaching is all of the online stuff. Now, there are diamonds out there. There is some astonishingly good material out there online for free the problem is that there's more crap than you could possibly imagine and unless you know what the good stuff looks like you're never going to be able to differentiate the two things so on balance of probability you're just going to end up learning a load of crap now i don't think this is deliberate i think that these are genuinely well-meaning people demonstrating they have really poor technique and unusual interpretations of reality some of it is just done to make them look good some of it is done because that is honestly the best they can do and they're not trying to scam anyone or use clickbait to lure you into buying their course and become a genius overnight because a lot of those guys will have courses like that the problem is of course how do you know which is which how do you know you're Shine from Shinola, let's call it that. That's the problem of being always on the lookout for insight and knowledge. Those elusive aha moments. It goes with the territory as a guitarist or about your passion for anything at all. So it's not unusual for a student to show up for a lesson with me, having got the point last session, then utterly confuse themselves by watching a ton of confusing contradictory YouTube videos it's frustrating for them and it's baffling for me why pay good money get what you need then go away and undermine yourself it's crazy little sidebar for you here teaching point only when something is complex or difficult enough to fulfill a student's expectation will they be happy they want the unicorn of cleverness to confirm that what they thought should be there really is there. They want the unicorn because they think a unicorn should be there. Part of my job is to help them to recalibrate and stop looking for the bloody unicorn and seek out the three-toed sloth of simplicity. Recently, one of my students, who's a very smart guy, simply couldn't accept that major and minor keys were in the exact same collection of notes just viewed from two different perspectives. His other source was propagating the idea of them being fundamentally different things and spewing out a whole lot of pretentious nonsense. He's a fairly well-known player. 
Well, clearly, not very much of a teacher. Okay. Rant over. I'm back. So, as a tutor, I'm often competing for prevalence with other sources. It's vitally important to handle this the right way, especially if the other source is another live teacher, a real person. How you handle it is up to you, but here's my take. Embrace it. If the other source is good, I'm going to learn something from them. That's a gift. Maybe my student is bringing me little pearls of wisdom that are a result of someone else's brain, someone else's insight, learning, wisdom and knowledge. That's a gift. If the other source is less than excellent, then I'll prevail over time because time will reveal all their inadequacies and shortcomings. All their errors will float to the top if you give them long enough. Now, best case scenario, there may be synergy, in which case the student wins, I win, maybe the other teacher wins too, because they're going to learn some of my stuff. One of my bassists, for instance, downloads sheet music and guitar tabs from a popular bass teacher, who I like very much. The problem is that the online guy's scanty on technique and isn't interacting personally with my students. So I use the other teacher's content and plug in my process and principle approach to install the right techniques in my students so they can play the other teacher's content easier, faster, cleaner, and just better. If you can get that synergy going, Everybody wins. Now, if my approach absolutely contradicts the other sources approach and the two schemes are mutually exclusive, usually it's things like position, core technique, theory, psychology, then the student has a choice. They can stay or go. I will never compromise my principles and accept what won't help my students. It's always the student's call. They can take the other guy's stuff, or they can take mine. The best I can do is be utterly compelling and make the choice no choice at all. Another possible positive outcome for you guys is to collaborate with the other source. Join forces. Maybe have a cup of coffee with them or a chat over the phone. Try and form a team around the student. Now, I've never successfully done this because all of the other teachers I've contacted refuse to work with anyone else. I've no idea why. Maybe it's ego. Maybe they're worried they'll be found out or something. Maybe they're afraid they're going to look daft. Maybe they don't want to bury me. Who knows? I've reached out and tried to form teams around students, but never had a positive response yet. So what are you going to do about it? Well, first things first, guys, don't get huffy. Leave your ego out of it and just accept the choices and decisions of your students. This is not actually your problem. It's your opportunity. If you doubt that, rewind five minutes and have another listen. Because you obviously didn't hear what I said. Second point, never ever diss the other source, the other teacher. 
whatever you may think, however stupid and inconceived their teaching seems to be, however rubbish it is, never diss them, never slag them off. Remember, they're coming at it the best they can. And that's what we all did, and it's what we're all still doing. And if you slag them off or you diss them, you'll be the one who ends up looking bad. I absolutely guarantee it. You see, if little Johnny absolutely loves his other teacher, no matter how bad their teaching may be, you slag that other teacher off, you're going to be the bad guy. Period. Shakespeare famously said that the fragrance of the rose lingers upon the hand which casts it. Well, if that's true then the fragrance of anything you cast will linger on you. So don't go casting anything that smells like it, the dog left it behind. Third point, guys. Remember, you're not the sole authority in your field. If you believe that you are, then you've got bigger problems than we can actually cover here today. You might want to talk to me about that on a coaching basis. Fourth, raise your game. Raise your own game to the point where you stand head and shoulders above the other teacher, the other source. If you do that, something will have to give. When something gives, you're going to keep the students. Because you're so manifestly brilliant and you're the teacher is, well, okay, raise your game. Now, I've found myself in this situation over the years many times I always thought it was going to be a positive thing and it usually has been I haven't actually lost any students this way most of them have actually had their opinion of me raised by working with crap teachers now if you found yourself in the situation what did you do about it how did you react does any of this actually make sense to you let me know I'd love to hear from you because maybe there's something you can tell me to straighten me out. I'm here to learn, as well as share what I think I've learned so far. Drop me an email. It's info at neilcarmido.com or find me on Twitter, where I am, at Tutor Podcast. We better wrap up for today, because I've got things to do. So if you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to the Tutor Podcast. As always, I'll be back next week with more no BS ideas and some tips to help you to start, grow and love your tutoring business just like I do mine. Till then, I hope this podcast has got you thinking and I hope it's been some help. See you next week. Stay useful and have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.